0: Welcome to the Emmanuel Baptist Church Podcast. We pray that the sermon you're about to hear would be useful as you grow in your love for God and your love for his church. Now, here's today's sermon. Let me let me pray for us and we will jump right into God's word. God, would you be with us now as we hear your word? Would you give us open hearts to be receptive and ready hands? to be active in living out what your word says. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 1, if you would. If you, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's one in front of you or your neighbor. Grab it in the back of the seat in front of you. Go towards the back of the book, and it's page 185. 185. I want to read the passage as we uh, get started today. And as you know, we're just going to walk right on through it not missing a single verse, 1 John chapter 1, we're going to read verses 5 through chapter 2 verse 6, this is what the Word of God says, this is the message that we have heard from Him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. If you say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That is the word of the Lord. 68 years ago today, something big happened. 1954. The Supreme Court ruled that all states must end the segregation between black and white people. So 70 years ago, that was 68 years ago, 70 years ago, it was common belief that it was right and good to have a division among people based on their skin color for everything that they do, where they sit, the water fountains they drink from, the bathrooms they use, the schools they learn in, establishments they eat at, the spouses they marry, and even the entrances they walk through. To blend would be appalling. while there's still so much work to do on the front of racial tension in our country, I think there has been good progress to be celebrated from that reality that I just talked about. Many, I trust, know that this is not God's desire. It's not God's desire for such a separation to exist. It's appalling to God that it ever did exist. But there are good and righteous segregations in God's perfect plan, not based on race. But there are good and right segregations in God's perfect plan. We're introduced to probably the chief segregation that God celebrates in verse 5 of today's passage. It's the key verse, I think, of the entire thing that I just read. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you. That God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Segregation from dark and light. Righteousness and evil. Verse 5, I think, is the key verse to everything I just read. Because it sets the theme for everything that follows. Think about this with me, okay? Verse 3. We looked at that weeks ago. Verse 3 says that we can have fellowship with God. Praise the Lord. Verse 5, yeah, but God doesn't commune with darkness. So then, isn't it natural for you and I, as the reader, once we read verses 3 and 5, you can have fellowship with God, but God doesn't commune with darkness, for you and I to think, well, what do I do with all my darkness? The natural question arises, what do we do with all the sin in our lives? And that's what the next 11 verses are all about. So the title that I have for today is Our Freedom from Sin. Our Freedom from Sin. If God and sin cannot coexist, how is sin dealt with in a Christian's life? Here's my three points. Sin is fought, Sin is conquered and sin is replaced. First, sin is fought. I get this concept, that first part in what John's talking about in actually chapter 2, verse 1. Like, Well, you skipped all of chapter 1. Go to chapter 2, verse 1 with me. And he says, my children, I'm writing these things to you so that you might not sin. All right? So, so so John's desire is that we would fight our sin. That we would fight our sin. He says, my desire is that you wouldn't be sinning anymore. And he says, that's why I wrote these things. Well, what things, John? Well, everything that came before that. He, he said a bunch of things in chapter 1, and he says then in chapter 2, verse 1, I write these things so that you won't sin, guys. Okay. Okay. Message received, John, you you want us to fight sin? So what are you saying to us that we might fight sin? Well, that's everything that comes before chapter 2, verse 1. In that section, John gives us two strategies to fight our sin. So lift your eyes back up to chapter 1, starting in verse 5 through 10. He gives us two strategies to fight sin, that we might not sin, chapter 2, verse 1. Firstly, if you want to fight your sin, don't make light of ongoing sin. Don't make light of ongoing sin. Let me read verses 6 and 7 again. He says If we have fellowship with him while you walk in the darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Do You see, don't make light of the sin. If you're walking in darkness and he's in the light, don't say you're walking with him. You don't make light of walking in the darkness. And this can be big sins and small sins, okay? Let's not, let's not get partial to the type of sin here. Because John does not distinguish. The problem is not the type of sin, but the unrepentantly continuing in that sin, The, the walking in it, the continuing down the road in it, right? It's not the type of sin. It's the perpetual nature of that sin. Think with me on Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. We see Jesus talking. He says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Okay? Brother sins. We don't know what. Tell him his sin. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three. We continue. Two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, Tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. He's saying exclusion. No, no longer fellowship. And you'd say, "Whoop!" Well, that's, that's an intense reaction, isn't it? What did the man do for such a response that Jesus would t-? That's not, Jesus would tell us. What did the man do? Did he murder? Did he have an adulterous affair? No, it's some unnamed sin that he refused to turn away from and chose to continue down the path of. It was sin, unnamed, any sin, that became regular in his life and was unaddressed. J.C. Ryle says, well, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. So John says, don't make light of your sin. Don't say you're walking with Jesus when you're just walking in the darkness. Don't make light of ongoing sin. Secondly, don't cover up your sin, but confess it. Verses 8 through 10, let me read it again. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. And His Word is not in us. John's instruction to you and I is don't cover up your sin. Past or present, right? Verse 8, present sins are dealt with. Verse 10, past sins are dealt with. And he says, don't cover up any of it. Don't act like it's not there. Whether it's ongoing or it's something from your history, don't cover it up. Because when we do cover it up, firstly, we're lying to ourselves when we act like it's not something to address. You ever done that? act like it's not something to address, and really what you're doing, you're just lying to yourself. You know what I'm talking about? John, John says it. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We start to believe things that aren't true. Let me, let me maybe put some words in our mouths here when we do this. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal I can fight this on my own. You deceive yourself when you don't address the sin in your life. You don't talk about your sin in your life. You're deceiving yourself because you're thinking, I can handle this on my own. I don't need to bring others into the conversation. We're deceiving ourselves if we think it's not that big of a deal or if we can fight it on our own. Here's probably the best one of all. Not telling other people honestly is me trying to save them from the heartbreak of them knowing. And I I mainly have spouses in mind here, right? I don't want to tell my wife. I'm saving her the heartbreak. I don't want to tell my husband. It's just going to upset him. So I'm I'm not going to. You're lying to yourself about your real motive for not telling them. The reality is, is that sin is a huge deal. And that we can't fight it alone. And we're not doing anybody a favor. Let me just say, it too, if you're like, I don't know who to talk to. I guarantee you my confidentiality. I would love to talk through it. I guarantee you my confidentiality. Not only would I want to do that for you, but I'm obligated. State law, right? The pastor's version of HIPAA. Like, I'm not talking about it. And so, genuinely, I would love, I would love if you're like, okay, I'm just going to lay it out there. Awesome. You've got my attention for as long as you need. I want to hear, I want to encourage, I don't want to condemn, I want to pray with and lift up and say, how can I come alongside you? I would love that honor. If you're struggling and you don't know who to confess to, maybe you're not quite ready to confess to your spouse. I would love to be the first one to sit and talk with you and encourage you in it. But you're deceiving yourself if you think, saying you have no sin and no one needs to know about it, that that's the right path. We're, le- we're deceiving ourselves, and then in verse 10, he even says that we're calling God a liar when we don't talk about our sin. You're not able to deceive God. can't hide it from God like you can hide it from others. But when we hide sin, we're telling God that His word is wrong and that we know better than what He says in here to confess your sins to one another. You're calling God a liar. We're calling God a liar when we choose not to confess. So don't make light of ongoing sin, don't cover up your sin. Instead, verse 9, confess. Confess. And we're going to be spending, I think, an entire week just on verse 9 alone, so I'm going to not unpack that today. So sin must be fought. If God doesn't coexist with sin, how is sin to be dealt with in the Christian life? I would say, firstly, it's to be fought. Secondly, sin is to be conquered and not by you or I. We've gone through chapter 1. Let's go now to chapter 2. Verse 1, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Here's this next part, but if anyone does sin, I'm so glad for that clause. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I think it's already known, let me just mention here, even the biggest giants of the faith still fail they still fall we all do and our fight against sin we all fail don't we jeremiah i think it's chapter 2 verse 22 says no matter how much soap you use or fighting the stain of sin will not be removed you can fight all day long and do but Sin is not conquered in your life by that. You can wash it with soap. You can fight all day long, but the stain of sin remains. Thank God that Jesus is capable of conquering the sin and the stain that it leaves for us. And that's what verses 1 and 2 here are. We see that, firstly, Jesus is our advocate. I just want to actually jump up to that. He's our advocate. It's why he got on the cross for you and I to advocate. He got on the cross to advocate. And that's why he continues to pray for you and me. Did you know that? Even to this moment, Jesus talks to the Father about his love for you. Robert Murray said, if I could just hear Jesus praying for me in the next room... I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. Couldn't agree more. So he's our advocate. But the one I really want to emphasize is he's our propitiation for our sins. This word, it's not a common word. Walking down the street, you don't hear that. Talked about too much between two bros. Propitiation. Yeah. uh, yeah, So... what what does that mean? Well, it's an appeasement. It's to appease someone. So when he's our appeasement, what does that mean? Well, we have upon us the wrath of God and he is the appeasement to the wrath of God to settle that for us. He is our appeasement with God's wrath upon us for our sin. So for Christians, God's wrath is appeased with Christ Romans chapter 5 verse 9 says since therefore we have now been justified by his blood much more shall we be saved from him from the wrath of God so Christians have been appeased the wrath of God has been appeased rather but for non-Christians and maybe that's you today let me just maybe that's you you don't walk with Jesus You don't profess to. God's wrath is not appeased in Christ's death for those who don't walk with Jesus. Rather, God's wrath is appeased in their own death and their own judgment. John chapter 3, verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Why? Because the wrath of God has been appeased on their behalf. But whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. The wrath of God will be appeased for everybody, whether they or Christ bears that punishment. The best part is, this amazing thing is that people are hearing, even today, hearing, accepting, and trusting this good news the propitiation for sins and giving their lives to it every day all around the world, including in Bethany, Missouri. So if your sins haven't been dealt with today, that is conquered, today can be that day. Today can be that day. Christ died in your place so that God's wrath towards you would be appeased Not in your death, but in his already accomplished death. It's amazing. So, if God can't coexist with sin, how is it dealt with in a Christian's life? Well, sin is fought, and we will fight. But sin is conquered, not in us, but in Christ. Lastly, sin is replaced. Sin is fought, sin is conquered, sin is replaced. That's the last few verses we have here. Starting in verse 3. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. That is to say, not keep sinning, but keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk the same way in which he walked let me go through this very quickly. Jesus doesn't just take away the consequences of your sins. Christian, Jesus doesn't just take away the consequences. He takes away the power of sin over you that you might walk in newness from it. We've got to think about that for a second. New life in Christ Jesus always means And I will say again, always means you will be externally new. And it's gradual, right? It's gradual. We're not just overnight, most of us. But you will be externally new. New lifestyle, new habits, new path, new route. And you will be internally new. New person, new passions, new excitements, new adorations. New desires. New desires. I love what Joel Beakey says. Christ will welcome all who come to Him. But Christ will not be sweet to them until sin becomes bitter to them. Walking in newness of Christ always means both externally new and internally new people. And both changes matter. Your inward change of heart is what God sees. And because of that is why he calls you his son or daughter. Your internal change. You have a new heart. God sees that. But your external outward change of lifestyle is how other people, not God, other people identify you as his son or daughter. Both matter. God sees the heart and we see the outward differences in your life. So a life of sin, people can say, yeah, you don't walk with Jesus. You don't call him Lord. You don't know him. But a life of righteousness, people can say, you know God. Something's different. I was just reading in my devotions this morning uh, before church, 1 Samuel chapter 10. And Saul, before he came king, a whole new man after he met God. And people all around town were saying, is this the son of Kish? Who is this guy? Surely not. Why? Because there's not only an internal, but an external transformation. And this text is, this text is sometimes hard for us to swallow. Let me look at verse four with you. One last, this is the last thing I'm talking about. Verse four. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Let me just linger on this passage for just one minute. This text is meant to challenge you. It's meant to challenge me. Here's the hard truth, guys. When your creed and your deeds don't align, it's the deeds that matter. When your creeds and your deeds don't align, it's your deeds that matter. Well, I don't know what a creed is. Well, it's like a statement of your belief or your faith. You think the Apostles' Creed, we believe in God the Father. It goes on through. It's a statement of faith. But when your creeds and your deeds don't line up and they're completely opposite, it's honestly your deeds that tell a more honest story. Our fruits tell the truth more than our mouths do oftentimes. John Calvin said, doctrine is not an affair of the tongue but of the life. So this text is meant to challenge us but let me finish with this. Our text, this text is meant to give you hope. It's meant to give you hope. Before Christ, sin has the final say in your life. You're a slave to it. But with Christ, you are empowered to fight, to change your path, to prove the enemy wrong, to choose anew. This passage does challenge us, but it does offer hope. You don't have to be stuck in the same rut you find yourself in even today. Christ conquers. Christ empowers that we can fight and Christ replaces sin with holiness. So may we be a church that fights back against sin, trust in a Savior who has conquered it and see Him replace it with holiness in our lives. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for today. Thank you for your word that it challenges us but more than challenges us, it gives us hope. I pray, Lord, as we respond now, as we think about these things, the last five minutes, that each of us here wouldn't want to rush out the doors. That far more important than some lunch or anything like that is to reflect on how you work in our lives to free us from sin. Oh, how much more important that is. So may each of us, Lord, in the next five minutes, slow our hearts, slow our minds, and respond to You. For those of us who know You and walk with You, God, may we worship You and give You thanks, for You are worthy because You freed us from the grips of sin. But For those who walk in darkness, May this message of transformation, this promise of new life, this outstretched invitation to walk in newness, may they respond to that today. Maybe pray with someone in the front or in their pew, but may they take the moment to experience that as you offer it to them. We thank you for it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. If you live in or near Bethany, Missouri, we invite you to join us for our worship services held on Sunday morning and Sunday evenings, as well as our various activities on Wednesday nights. For more information on how you can get involved, visit our website at bethanyibc.com.